The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. Welcome back, everybody, to another Sell Better episode. On today's show, we are going to be showing you all how to prospect three times faster with the multi-channel outreach. You want to have some kind of method to the madness, and you want to be able to do it quick in your day. We know you have a busy day. So how can you use multi-channels to your advantage and in a quick and fast way? So we're going to be covering that and so much more. Now, I always love to ask, where are you all tuning in from? Let me know in the chat. This always blows up and I love to see everyone give you guys some shout outs. So let me know where you're tuning in from. I'm already seeing Peter from New York. Welcome, Peter. Was there this last weekend? It was cold. So... I see Rome, Italy in the building. Welcome. Welcome, Rachel. It's great to have you here. Brooke from Hoboken. Beautiful place. Alabama. Sherry, welcome to here. Love to have you. And Gary from PA, Pennsylvania. Love to have you here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Now, guys, be sure to set your chat to everyone. So go ahead and click that blue button and just switch it to everyone. So that way we can see what you're actually writing. Now, today I have Lindsay Nelly here with me. Lindsay, what's one thing you are really excited to speak on today? Hi, I'm really excited to speak about testing. Always be testing. Okay, very important. And Ellie, how about yourself? I am really excited to be speaking about personalization and how to stand out in an inbox. All right, super important, especially in 2023. So who are my magnificent speakers They are Ellie Twigger. She's a commercial account director at Sales Loft. Welcome, Ellie. And we also have Lindsay Boggs. She is the global director of sales development at Quantum Metric. Welcome, Lindsay. It's great to have you here. So without our partners, we wouldn't be able to do this. So special shout out to Zoom Info. If you haven't seen Zoom Info, be sure to check it out. And of course, we love to give you guys value. The drop of the day. Zoom Info is giving you guys a custom prospecting list that you can build out for free. Be sure to check it out. I'm going to go ahead and drop the link in the chat so you can see it. Build your own custom list, guys. It's free. (laughs) So what are we speaking on today? But before I touch on that, let me know who is in the room. We have SDRs, we have AEs, senior leadership, or maybe some frontline managers. Fill this out. It helps me understand how I should gauge the conversation, what questions to ask. Fill this out. It helps us out a ton. So what are we going to be covering? We're going to be showing you all the channels and methods that work best in 2023. The game has changed. Don't get it twisted. It has. We're going to show you guys how to adapt, how to build a multi-channel approach that can scale quickly. Things are moving quick. You're moving quick, but you want to be able to scale efficiently. And lastly, the type of messaging that should be implemented for each channel because they are unique. So I'm already seeing here, survey is not even complete, but we have a lot of SDRs in the room. Lindsay, are you surprised by this? Not at all. (laughs) And Nelly, how about yourself? To the AEs out there, you think this is great information? I think AE should always be prospecting as well. Always. Always be prospecting. That is the truth. So thank you guys so much for tuning in and let's just get right into it. So the channels and methods that work best in 2023, of course, you got to have sales nav under your arsenal. Lindsay, what is the best way to use it to your advantage? Absolutely. So sales navigator to me, um, based on data that I've looked at with my teams that I've led is one of the ways to get a lot of meetings. And how I define that is 
When I think about Sales Navigator, if you are messaging somebody on Sales Navigator, you bypass their inbox. Their inbox is often cluttered with a lot of people and their admin can delete emails from salespeople like me, but Mm -hmm. the inbox on Sales Navigator allows you to get to that person directly. I see. Now, is there any tactical ways that you like to set up your Sales Nav account so that you have your prospects right in front of your face? Absolutely. So in the settings, I like to set it towards my region, my territory, and target accounts that I'm going after. So that way I get notified of people moving positions. I get notified of new people joining the company or any acquisitions that are happening. That way my feed is tailored to me on what I want to be and who I want to be prospecting. Love that. Ellie, please add. Yeah, I was just going to say one great thing is you'll, you can get notified of who's just joined the company. So a really great way to reach out is say, saying congratulations on the role, um, looking at where they used to be and if potentially they've come from a current customer who uses your product, um, potentially they will have some influence. So um, definitely red, um, registering for those notifications is really important. Fantastic. Now, is there any way that an AE should set up their sales nav account? Lindsay, do you have any advice for the AEs in the rooms? Because I'm seeing we have a 33% AE um, group size in, in this in the show. Absolutely. So if you're an AE, typically uh, what I've seen is a lot of people have upsells, right? So you want to be adding your current customers, but also to Ellie's point, if somebody came from a former customer and they are now at a new company, great way to reach out and talk about their experience with the platform that you're selling. Fantastic. And how about for the SDRs? Ellie, do you have any advice for SDRs who are always prospecting? I think the really great thing about using so is this still based on sales navigator or 100 yeah so with sales navigator i think it's just having it all in one place and then starting to map out that account there's a really great function at the bottom where you can tier um the levels in the organization so whether you want to go from a top-down approach or a bottom-up approach um i always recommend going top down um or potentially working with your ae they target certain people in the organization the sdr targets other people in the organization and you can write notes on sales navigator about what is happening in that account and share them with one another I love that. I don't think enough people use it. In fact, yeah. I want to hear from our audience. Put a one in the chat if you use SalesNav's account mapping feature. And put a two if you have never used it before, but maybe you should start looking into it. So I'm already seeing a lot of twos here and some ones. So it's great to see, but this is an underutilized function. So just to get some clarity, how can they find it one more time, Ellie? And how do you like really utilize it to your benefit? So it's just at the bottom of the, when you're in Sales Navigator, you go onto the account, there's all these amazing insights in terms of hiring, um, who, who any like upper management that's joined, but at the bottom, you can tier and put like tier one, tier two, tier three, the people within the organization. Um, you can write notes on the people as well. I always recommend every, just add every single person that is in your account. I'm an account manager at Sales Loft and I have added every single one of my customers so that if they ever want to speak to me on LinkedIn, they know they can reach me directly. Love that. So besides SalesNav, Lindsay, what other channels do you like to use for reaching out? Yeah. So with sales engagement platforms, similar to SalesLoft, we definitely want to make sure we're emailing, calling, LinkedIn messaging. Um, There's a lot of different avenues you can take. But one of the things that we have AB tested is call before email or email before call. And um, we have found that doing an email before a call, that way you have a reason to call and reference the email that you sent or the email that you sent as well. 
Now, do you find that that increases (laughs) your reply rate for your email or is it more like my email just gets more opened? I would say a little bit of both. We've seen um, based on different verticals, based on different cadences, we've tested that we typically see a higher open engagement rate on those emails. Fantastic. And Ellie, what is another channel that you really like to use when it comes to reaching out? So I am a huge fan of Vidyard um, and video prospecting and also just using video on LinkedIn as well, pulling up your phone, recording a video, getting it out to the prospect. I think in terms of what we've all been through in these last couple of years, it's all about we've gone from personalization to humanization. And Mm -hmm. the main way we can show that we're a human is by sending a quick video with your smiling face saying, hey, I want to talk to you about X, Y, Z, because it really... It takes away that roboticness that tends to that is starting to happen with um with emails and i think even recently with i can't remember what's called chat chat gbp even with like the release of that and how people are going to start thinking that more emails are robotic and it's all about ai just sending that video helps prove that you're a human and you genuinely want to speak to them you know, Ali, I'm glad you brought up this point because a lot of people are worried about AI, which we will be speaking yeah. on in the future for a whole nother show. But it really stresses the need for a higher degree of personalization. It's no longer just, hey, I found that you work here. Great. So does everyone else. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Lindsay, what do you recommend someone does to take their personalization to the next level? Yeah, I recommend three by three research. So find three things under three minutes about the prospect. And that can be found on their LinkedIn, that can be found going to Google and typing in their name. But it's not you can't you can't go into the message saying like, I see you work at X company. Cool. So does everyone else like like you said, but finding that personalization, like maybe where they volunteer or maybe where their hobbies lie, if they mention that in their about section, or maybe you know, previous companies that used to work for that could be relevant. You know, maybe, you know, some people from there and you can reference a mutual connection. So it's all about finding that connection and humanizing it. Like Ellie said, gone are the days of just, you know, love to love to add you on LinkedIn. Like, no. (laughs) One thing that I always used to do is um, look at at the bottom of LinkedIn. You can see what they kind of typed about other people and what people have said about them. So the referral section, that'll give you a really great idea about who this type of person is. And then you can kind of tailor your message based on that. I really like that. Now, Ellie, you had a really good point about wanting to switch your language. A lot of people like to reach out on email and you want to switch it from a me language to a you language. What did you mean by that? I think this has been happening for so long. I get prospected and I'm an account manager. I have no budget, no team, no nothing. Just going to put that out there. Um, And I receive these emails, these LinkedIn messages where somebody has connected with me, somebody has my email and the whole email is about themselves. My company does this. I can do this. We work with X, Y, Z. The issue with that is you're only talking about yourself. It's all about you, me. It's very kind of selfish and self-absorbed. I think, again, back to that, the new world we're living in, we need to earn that time because most of the time with with SaaS platforms, when we're selling, we have a discovery first and then we have the demo. We need to earn the right to 30 minutes for them to have that demo. So mm. provide some value, teach some value, talk about themselves, talk Talk about what challenges you hypothesize that they're experiencing. Talk about their business. Talk about what's happening in their world and give them a reason to hop on this call 
the 30 minutes because I guarantee if you're standing in the street and you're just talking about yourself and you're going, hi, I'm here. I want to talk to you about this. I do this. You're not going to want to stop and talk to it. To, to talk to that person whereas if somebody is talking to you about yourself and you know your life you're more in, you're more entitled more wanting to speak to them i really like that and i'm seeing michael here put in the chat you want to give 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 and then ask it's the law of reciprocation right there so when it comes to giving lindsay what kind of value do you see that prospects actually like to see when you reach out they like to see that you've done their res- your research. So to Ellie's point, like if you're reading a 10K or you're reading an earnings statement, maybe quote what they said in the earnings statement in the subject line. I know that has gotten a lot of responses, but they want to be making sure that you have done the research before you're just asking for time based on something that you believe is valuable to them. They want to see it from their point of view. All right. Now I want to know from our audience, what channel do you guys have the most success on? This is really interesting to me because a lot of people always tell you email is the only way. LinkedIn is the future, but it's not a one size fits all. A lot of people have a lot of success on other channels. So feel free to fill this out for us, please. And let me know. I would love to break some of these down as well. So is there anything else that you feel people are missing in their multi-channel outreach, Ellie? Is there like a form of communication, maybe another channel? So I'm going to, it's really odd me saying this because I used to hate cold calling. I used to detest it, absolutely detested it until one day I sat in the middle of the sales floor. I hated it so much. I used to do it an hour every day in front of everybody because I thought the more you do something, you overcome your fear. Anyway, so many people aren't cold calling. They really aren't cold calling. They, I don't know if it's a fear or if it's because everybody's stuck behind a screen or we're not in the office. But I'm speaking with so many of my customers at the moment who are testing different cadences and everybody has seen a massive increase in booking meetings from the phone and having those positive conversations. I'm not sure if people are craving like customers are craving to be on the phone. But the main thing is about when you're on the phone is, again, you can't just ask for a meeting. You have to deliver that value again. So whatever you would say in the email, whatever you would say in the video, whatever you'd say on LinkedIn, you say that on the phone. The the, the amazing thing with the cold call is you can speak to them directly, but you're not going to go into a pitch on the phone. You need to ask for time and then you can do more of that discovery. I really like how you mentioned you got to build right? The trust first, and then you can open up the floor for that discovery. So that is a really good point. Now, Lindsay, this brings us kind of into our next point, which is you want to be able to scale this in a way that makes a lot of sense. If you're trying to build trust with a lot of people, time can kind of lose itself. How can you make sure that you can structure yourself for efficiency? Right. This is huge. I mean, if you don't run your calendar, your calendar will run you. And Mm. this is something that I've been working on personally for my own calendar. But if you are an SDR in the room that is working inbound and outbound leads and prospects, you've got to structure your day so you can hit all of them effectively. And what I recommend doing is breaking it up into blocks. Maybe you do inbound the first 90 minutes and then you do an outbound break for, you know, you take a 15 minute break or 30 minute break, and then you do another block, kind of like P90X and you go through and you have your broken out sections that you're working on every 90 minutes. And that way you can focus on your top tier accounts. You can focus on the leads and everyone's happy. If I have people in the room that are just solely strategic outbound, 
make sure you are giving all of the AEs you support the same and equitable amount of love. So make sure you're doing specific regions or territories or personas or whoever you're going after um, and breaking it up that way. So there's not monotony in your day, but that you're covering all your bases. I really like that. The way you're mentioning structuring your calendar, almost like a P90X. You want to include some breaks and then you want to really time block. Let me know in the chat. Do you guys time block? Put a yes or no. I'm very curious. You just kind of go for it. Very sporadic because I've been there. See, I'm already seeing some no's, a lot of yeses. I feel like salespeople, you know, you got so many things coming at you at once. It can be tough to time block. Ellie, what kind of advice would you give for the people out there who are still not entirely time blocking, but just kind of tackling things as they come? I think it's to be um, to find the right balance between activity and personalization. I think obviously I've spoken about kind of personalizing messages, but we don't want to overdo it because if we spend one hour on a message and it ends up in somebody's spam folder, then we've wasted that hour. So I always think you need to find that sweet spot in the middle. This is your activity. This is your level of personalization. The whole email doesn't need to be personalized, but um, just potentially about 20% just to show that you've done your research. Um, and again, with um, with time blocking, I find that really useful, but you need to also be very mindful of your mood. So let's say you need you come in and you know that you need to make, I don't know, 10 videos, but you've just come off a really bad cold call. Go and make yourself a cup of tea, have a five minute break and then go and do it. Don't overwhelm yourself with activity. You bring up a very valid point there. You don't want to carry that negative energy into the next person you reach out to because it is definitely picked up especially if it's over the phone or when writing an email. Now, Lindsay, I'm seeing here that a lot of people like to use email as their successful channel. Mm -hmm. And also LinkedIn comes next, (sighs) calling comes next, followed by LinkedIn. When it comes to these these different avenues, is there a way that you can continue testing? Like, can you A-B test one of these? Absolutely. So we have done a variety of different things um, in the past and, and present as well. One of the things is having like a LinkedIn only cadence versus an email only cadence versus a call only cadence and see what kind of resonates with the market and what resonates with your prospects. But within one cadence, you can also AB test, ABCD test your emails and see which one is Mm. working in terms of open rate, reply rate. And then what we do is after two weeks of time gathering the ABCD testing, we turn off the two that are not resonating and then we move forward with the rest of the cadence. So I think it's always important to be testing because if you're not testing, you don't know what's working. I see. So you're really using data to your advantage there. Yes. That's a big move. And Ellie, when it comes to those who are using email, I know you like to build a hypothesis. Can you tell me more about that and how do you incorporate it into your messaging? I think the main thing about hypothesis, especially if you're selling the same kind of platform product, you're going to be reaching out to similar people who are who are experiencing similar challenges. What you'll tend to do is start writing the same emails over and over again. So straight away, as soon as you see some sort of research, for example, they're hiring X role or they just received funding, you know exactly what hypothesis in basically in terms of what their challenge is. So how I used to um, structure my emails when I was an SDR was I would kind of have their name then I'd have my piece of research so I've noticed this or the company or I've read this then the hypothesis based on that research so I'm assuming a challenge for UIGs xyz 
And then I would talk about how my solution would help with that challenge and then say, happy to talk about more, because in my opinion, happy is a really nice word. So I'd say, happy to talk about more. Here's a link to my calendar. Okay. So you bring up based off of your research, it shows that you did your research by introducing that hypothesis. Now, do you include that in the first line of your email or typically in the middle? Um, always the middle. Always the middle. Always the middle. So research, hypothesis, um, solution, call to action. Fantastic. That's a great structure to follow, guys. Take notes, rewatch this portion of this show so that way you can get a good structure going for your emails going forward. Now, I see in the chat that Mauricio is asking, what do you mean by leveraging mutual connections? Lindsay, I know you had a really great point about this. Can you tell me more? Absolutely. So first things first, when you're leveraging mutual connections, you want to make sure you get that person's permission to use their name. So if I see that Thomas is a mutual connection to somebody I'm trying to get in touch with, I will text Thomas and see, hey, can I use your name to get into this prospect's um, inbox? And if he says yes, then I'll go ahead and use your name. But having that common sense of network with your prospect is key. And so that's why it's always great to be connecting and it's always great to be leveraging those mutual connections because if they see that you're connected to that person, it might have a leg up because you've got that network. Okay. So I'm seeing some great questions here in the chat. Guys, be sure to throw them in the Q&A because we will be getting to it at the end of our show. So if you have any questions, throw them in the Q&A. We'd love to see them and get to them at the end of our show. So Ellie, you brought up this really good point about video, right? You want to be confident. You want to like really stand tall. How can you bring out a lot of videos in a quick and repetitive motion? I think it's firstly don't overthink it. Again, we're not we're not saying the um the whole of I said War and Peace that book. We're not saying that story. We're literally just thirty second video of what it is you want to talk about. So, you know, very similar to that hypothesis. Hi, Ellie from Salesloft wanted to put a face to a name. Reason I'm reaching out is X. Guessing a challenge for you is X Y Z. Feel free to put some time in my calendar so I can introduce you to Salesloft. Um, that's all you need to do. Really okay. quick and simple. Don't overthink think it. When I was an SDR and everyone was remote, my dog used to actually jump on me whilst I was making videos. And it just, again, showed that I was a human and I'd laugh it off and say, look, I'm working from home. I know you are too. Let's just have a conversation. <laughs> and I think <laughs> really did um, appreciate that, that I think when a lot of SDRs do reach out to people, they put the person that they're reaching out to on a pedestal. And they aren't themselves. So they, you know, use words that they wouldn't necessarily use before. They um, overthink everything. Sometimes I just think just talk in your own way that you can. Um, and I think people do appreciate that. Love that. I'm already seeing here in the chat, Arena saying, I was thinking about including my cat in my videos. Is that yeah. a little weird? No, do it. Absolutely. Get your personality <laughs> across. I mean, all my customers know about my dog. She will join in on meetings and she'll just sit behind me. And so much so that people will say, where is she? Can you bring her in? Um, but so, yeah, definitely bring in pers um, your personality. But back to video, when you are time blocking, block out an hour a day to do videos. If you do 10 in an hour, that is um, six minutes per video two minutes research, two minute recording, two minutes sending. And it should, shouldn't be longer than 30 seconds. If you do 10 videos a day, that's 50 videos a week. That's um, 200 videos a month. That is powerful and a lot of good outreach all in one month. So Lindsay, 
when in regards to LinkedIn, have you ever sent like a LinkedIn video or a connection requests? How do you go about it? Absolutely. Yeah. I think Ellie is really onto something with video. Um, when you can put a face to the name and a voice to the name, like that's super powerful. And when you can just be yourself and to Ellie's point, I think a lot of SDRs do put people on a pedestal that you're reaching out to. And what I want to remind everyone and what I tell my team all the time is they put on pants the same way you and I do. So mm. don't feel like you have to use all these big words or be super you know, knowledgeable about whatever their industry is, right? You just want to have a personal connection to them. So, Okay, fantastic. Now, this brings us to our next point, which is the type of messaging that should be implemented. So we were just speaking on LinkedIn, and it's very important. Lindsay, I think a lot of people use LinkedIn as a form of pitch slapping, Mm -hmm. but they're using it incorrectly. Uh, What do you think they should really be doing? So interesting topic. Um, I have a lot of data to support that sometimes when you send a connection request with no note at all, if you get accepted, you don't want to go back and say, thanks for adding me back on LinkedIn. Here's more about my product. You Mm want to give them time. You want to like their content. You want to be a familiar face in their inbox in terms of liking content, commenting on their content. You don't want to just slap a piece of, you know, value prop on your company to them. So it's about nurturing them once they can accept your connection request. But if you go the other route where you send an email first, you want to make sure that it's relevant. You have the three by three research, you have the uh, you versus I, and you want to make sure that you are relevant and you are still nurturing them on social. You are still liking and commenting on their posts. Okay. And Ellie, what do you like to do to nurture relationships on LinkedIn? I think um, very similar to what Lindsay said. I think just stay in touch. If we think about um, humans, we learn through osmosis, the more we see something, the more we hear something, the more receptive we are to it. So I would always just give them, if the moment I see they've posted something, give that a like. They're going to see a little notification being like, hey, Ellie Twigger liked your post. And um, I would always introduce myself on email, video, phone call as Ellie Twigger from Sales Loft um, because I did a, I saw that there was about 3,000 Ellie's who were BDRs in London. So I thought, well, we need to stand out a bit from the crowd. Um, so, um, yeah, just engaging with people's posts. And I think as well, if you see that they're speaking on a webinar, actually go and watch that webinar and listen to what they're talking about and refer use that in your um when you're messaging them okay now i like how you mentioned if they're attending a webinar or some type of show go and see it which requires research which brings me up to my great point of what is our audience doing for research i want to know are you guys using google linkedin company news releases incorporating that into your messaging or maybe it's something else let us know in the chat fill out this question it's going to help us break down some of these methods so Lindsay, when it comes to a prospect, right, they're going to be in your cadence for quite some time. You can personalize, but sometimes they just don't reply. What should you do after they leave your cadence? I believe the best thing to do after they leave your cadence is put them into a nurture cadence where you still have social touches in your cadence, whether it be a like or a comment, or maybe it's a DM into their inbox if you're connected with them. So you don't want to just send off, you know, now is not the right time. See you in 100 years. You just want to make sure you are nurturing them all the way through because you never know when you get that notification that they've opened your email finally, or they've responded, or they've clicked a link finally. 
you can go in and give them a call that's relevant. I really like that. You want to make sure that you're still in contact because you never know. You know, that mm-hmm. one person that you took out of your cadence and forgot about could be the one that closes next month with another rep. So you never want to know and you want to keep all your chances open. So Ellie, what are some out of the box methods that you can use for outreach? Out of the box. I mean, I'm a huge fan of direct mail. I think um, I even use it now with my current customers. I think it's just an um, an added extra. Um, basically, you know, I mean, I remember when I, this was years and years ago when I first started out as an SDR, I wrote letters and I actually went around London and I hand delivered these letters and asked to go to the CEO's office. And only one of them did speak to me. Um, and then I took selfies outside the um, the office with these letters. I think the whole <laughs> thing is, is how, well, when you're thinking about prospecting, how do you be unforgettable? So all of these channels are really important. And when they're all added together, that's what makes you be unforgettable. But direct mail, if people aren't using it, I definitely recommend trying it because you can send, you know, a gift, a coffee, say, and that takes away the pressure from the meeting. Say, look, we're going to just have a coffee and a chit chat. It's actually a discovery call, but they don't need to know that. Send them a coffee voucher. Um, They said that it's a really hot day outside. Send them a mini fridge so that they can store their drinks in there and they don't have to walk downstairs. It just just allows you to stand out from the crowd. I really enjoy that. Uh, Mini fridge will definitely get a reply, no doubt about it. Lindsay, do you like to incorporate gifting into your cadence? I do. Yes. We use um, a gifting platform and we have found it to be pretty successful. And just like Ellie said, you want to be unforgettable and you want to stand out in the crowd. And so um, there are people that I have hired because of their outreach to me. I'll never forget their videos or their their gifting that they sent me and people that I'll never forget. So you want to be unforgettable, like Ellie said. Now, do you send gifts to everyone or do you kind of, what is your buying trigger for, okay, this person needs a gift? Yeah. Buying triggers can be broken out into a lot of different ways. Um, First and foremost, it's about if they're opening your emails, if they're engaged with your emails, if they're engaged with what you're sending on LinkedIn, if they respond to you on LinkedIn, and then I would say they are worthy of a gift. Um, We have tried it where we have sent it cold. The first outreach is a gift and we didn't see a huge uptick in that, but we have seen it the the first way I described it. Fantastic. Now I'm seeing Jamie is asking here, what about organizations that are work from home? Ellie, what have you done to overcome this challenge? If someone's working from home, how do you get their address to incorporate this into your multi-channel approach? This is where you do need a platform. Um, because I'm going to be completely honest. Um, if I was to ask my customers, where do you live? They're not going to give it to me. So um, you, it's, a, it's a platform where you send it out and then they put in their address and it's all very safe. Um, but, and, but then the other thing is vouchers. Um, so send, instead of sending actual gifts, you send vouchers, you can send Amazon vouchers, Starbucks vouchers. Um, but we actually tested over Christmas instead of sending a gift. Um, the the prospect or the customer had the choice to either donate it to charity or accept the gift. And so many of people did donate to charity, um, which was a really great thing as well. Wow. That's, that's great. Now I know one thing that's heavily used in the industry is breakup emails. Lindsay, do you find that they work at all? Do they really bring people back into the fold? 
Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. That's where testing comes into place. So I've seen them work in the past, but then we also have seen just sending um, a typical email that you would send on step 11 or step 14, wherever it may be in your cadence, and then putting them straight into nurture has surfaced up a lot of prospects that way too. So that's where testing comes in. I highly recommend testing what works for you. If your organization sees that it's working, continue to use it. If it's not, take that step out and put them into a nurture cadence. Fantastic. Now I'm seeing here from the question that we asked earlier, a lot of our audience is using LinkedIn and Google for their research. Ellie, when it comes to LinkedIn, what are your favorite points of researching? Do you type in their name in sales nav and filter them down or do you just kind of go on their LinkedIn page? Um, there's quite a few areas. So first off, look at them. So are they posting about specific hobbies? Um, are they liking posts about specific hobbies, like, you know, soccer clubs, football clubs, um, rugby clubs? What are, what are they engaging with? Um, look at their history as well. So what other companies have they previously worked in? Have they lived in any other countries? Um, again, what 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 other people, um, connections are writing about them when they're those, those referrals? And at the bottom, you've got the interests. Where did they go to school? What, what did they study? I think that's really key as well to build up that image. Um, um, and then on the same side of that, research the company. So what is the company posting about themselves? Um, use Sales Navigator to understand what's happening in the business. Is it growing? Is it struggling? Is it hiring? Is it, um, I want to say firing, but that's really bad <laughs> just because it was um, rhyming. Um, is it making, is it laying people off? Um, has it received funding? Um, and then look at some of the like hard hitters in that company. So the CEO, the um like the top top people what are they posting about the company as well because you'd find that they will be posting very specific company news and then use all of that information that you collate to create your hypothesis and have the be the back backlog for that that research that is great and Lindsay, how about for google um how do you like to use google for research yeah, I like to use Google for research just by seeing if their name was in the news and a press release, if their company has, you know, a recent acquisition and seeing what they're quoting, you know, um, they could, it could lead me to a Twitter page and I could investigate them on Twitter and see what they're doing. Um, mm -hmm. You just want to make sure you're not too personal. I have an example where a friend of mine was getting prospected and somebody had found her wedding registry from like nine years ago. And they used the subject line about, did you ever get those China uh, plates that you wanted and like a little too personal. So just make sure you, you cross off, you know, the personalization with not going too personal into their, into a rabbit hole. Great just, piece of advice. Just to also add, I would always look at the company and look at their, read their company values. So, cause then you can use that like, Oh, your company says that you are X, Y, Z, and then that might link to the challenges and your product. Okay. Now I'm seeing that we have enough time for some Q&A. If you guys have any additional questions, please add them to you with a Q&A and we'll try to get to them. Now, Irina here asks, when do you send the videos with Vidyard? Uh, which steps in your cadence? Lindsay, when do you like to send a video? So for inbound, if it's an inbound lead, I like to send it front and center. One of the first things I do is send a video for inbound. And then for outbound, I typically incorporate it into like the third or fourth step where you've already, they've already seen your name. They've already seen the engagement on LinkedIn. And then you're finally putting a, a face to the actual name with a video. So I think it depends on if you're doing inbound or outbound. Okay. And I'm seeing Christina here ask in the chat, uh, what are some reputable gifting platforms? Ellie, which ones do you like to use? Um, so I use Reach Desk. 
Um, they're great when in EMEA, but there's so many others. Sendoso, Alice, um, Reach Desk. I'm sure there's others, and I don't want to like be name dropping, but they're the ones that um, that I know of. Fantastic. And Jared asks, do you ever prospect two people in the same company at the same time, Lindsay? Absolutely. So Harvard Business Review stated that it takes 6.8 people to make a decision. So absolutely, you want to be going high, wide, and deep within your organization. What you don't want to do, though, is have the exact same personalized outreach to those same people. Because if you think about how we used to be in an office, I know when I would get prospected and my peer would get prospected, if it was the same email with the same personalization, we would just laugh and be like, we're not responding to this. But if they took the time to see, I have a background in opera and that was their their hook, um, then that would get a response from me. So just depends on who you're outreaching to. All right. And Robert here is asking, if you are using outreach to sequence a series of emails, how many of those emails would you place personalization in? Ellie, do you have any advice for Robert? So it all really depends on your account. So I always used to run a tier, an account for my tier one, um, sorry, cadence for my tier one accounts. So these are the accounts that could fit our ICP. If I book a meeting with them, I'm calling my AE, we're popping champagne, we're preparing for that discovery call. Alongside that, I would have my tier two, tier three cadence, which has a lot more automated messages in it. I think for those that tier one cadence, um, definitely like the the first six minimum have that mm. personalized. Um, but try not to do loads of different types of personalization. Try to keep it on the same track because very similar to what Lindsay said, you might be going down an absolute rab- rabbit hole and looking at their wedding gift um, registry, <laughs> which we don't want to do. But with the tier two and tier three cadence, that can be more automated and it's probably the first couple that will need to be uh, personalized. Fantastic. And this is a question from me so that we get more clarity that is more tactical. Multi-channel outreaches do require a lot of calendar discipline. Lindsay, you mentioned putting those like one hour blocks. Do you then do one hour email break, one hour LinkedIn break? One hour, like, What does that look like to you? You can. I've tried it in a multi, multiple, multiple different ways. Um, I think the best success I've seen is you handle your leads within that 90 minute time block, but then you can do like to Ellie's point, an hour of that can be your first video for those leads that are coming out and you can do one hour video, but then you can also tie that into your afternoon block that you have and do your LinkedIn outreach and do your other steps that you have too. I see. Now, Ellie, I know a lot of people are using sales engagement tools here. Um, What would that look like when you're building out a cadence? Do you literally put video, 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 email, phone, or how would you structure that? Do you mean in structure the actual cadence? The actual you, cadence, yeah. Um, I think that's where we need to be. Like you pop the different steps in. I think with video and the email, say this is where insert personalized video or insert stock video. Um, then with the LinkedIn steps, input an, like a research step, say, look, this is where you're going to send them a video if you've connected. Um, I think when you're building out that cadence, the more information you have in it and the more direction when you're looking at that data after the cadence has been executed, the more you're going to be able to make decisions and make those changes. Okay. Now I'm seeing here that Arthur is asking, what is a nurturing sequence? He's never heard of this before. Um, Is this cold outreach? He doesn't understand the concept. So what does a nurturing sequence look like to you, Lindsay? 
Yeah, great question. And thanks for asking it. Um, I know it can be a little bit confusing when we're saying nurture when they haven't even engaged with us at all. So what I mean by nurture cadence is you are adding value to the emails and the outreach that you're sending them. So maybe it's a recent webinar that could be in their industry that you could direct them to about your organization. Maybe it's um, an upcoming event that you're going to in in their region, or maybe it's a conference that's close to them or a conference that you think they could be interested in. It's about adding that value throughout the nurture process to give them value, valuable content to land up on your website and fill out more information. I think uh, something that's really important with the nurturing um, cadence is it's not coming across as marketing led. It's coming across as human led. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think again, because a lot of people do think that the nurturing is very marketing. It's not, it's, it's yourself sending these emails. So you say very human led. Um, how can you go about doing that? Like I see Irina asking here in the chat, how do you build the trust with nurturing? I think it's again just understanding their challenges and sending them things that are going to help them with their challenges. For example, if I've got if if I know that this prospect or the people who I prospect have issues with booking meetings and prospecting, very similar to what Salesloft help with. I would be including in that nurture cadence, like white papers on not even just from Salesloft, any white papers, maybe it's from Harvard Business School, maybe it's from, um, I don't know, MIT or something of their research that might be useful. Um, And that, again, will help build the trust because then when you get on that discovery call, there's some back, there's some already, we've got that relationship built rather than it being completely fresh. Okay. So I'm seeing here an anonymous attendee is asking, I'm still unclear. Do you straight out say, hi, I saw you clicking my email 17 times or more like I saw you interacting with my content so they know that you are aware um, or is this too too direct? Lindsay, uh, what do you <laughs> yeah, I mean, the way I go about doing it is I do not say I saw you clicked my email 17 times. I would say <laughs> I noticed that you you or somebody at your organization has consumed content around quantum metric. That's what I that's what I would lead with um, if you're cold calling or if you're cold emailing, but adding that personalization as well to what you just said. All right. Well, I least- do, especially when they started engaging with my videos is I'd say, hey, I know I'm not going to win an Oscar, but I've seen you've watched it. Well, just let me know your thoughts. Um, just turn it into a little bit of a joke. Um, and then again, humanizing the process. That is fantastic. Just be truly curious. That never harms. It's always well well received. So when in doubt, be curious. Now, I always love to ask, Lindsay, where can the people find you? You can find me on LinkedIn forward slash Lindsay Boggs and that uh, happy to connect. Always be connecting. Fantastic. <laughs> and Ellie, where can the people find you? Sorry, I've just seen, a, 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 did you watch for me on my cat? I absolutely love that. So if anyone... <laughs> I definitely recommend using it. Um, find me on LinkedIn. Ellie All right. So we're going to go ahead and drop their LinkedIn's on the chat. Uh, so that way you guys can engage with them. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. Love getting questions from you all um, and letting us know how the show went, whatever your thoughts may be. So don't hesitate to reach out to us. As always, reach out to us at Sell Better by JB Sales to get more sales content to level up your sales game. And we will most definitely catch you guys on the next one. See you later. 